everyone, and welcome to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter, that is Tim, and we talk about horror movies on this show. <laughs> this episode, this is the winner of our last Patreon vote. Of course, every month on our Patreon, over at patreon.com slash TV. There's a link in the description if you want to support the channel. <laughs> that, that, that's the shelling out of the way. But on our Patreon, our $5 patrons get to vote between four movies, and we, we do one of those movies uh, the following month. And the winner of the last vote was Audition. So... Here we are. You know, I, I feel like I gotta sign up just so I can vote. <laughs> Why are you not? Were you not happy with the, the pick this time? No, that's no. <laughs> I, I love this movie. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I feel like my vote should still be heard. Sure. Sure. Um, <laughs> we could put in a rule just saying that we could add our own two votes to it if you want, and you can add a vote. Don't no. worry, folks. That ain't, that ain't happening. I'm, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> jeopardizing the integrity of the Patreon vote by letting Tim yeah. get his murky hands all over it. I like the idea of being able to boss you around. <laughs> Which, if I give five dollars, I could. Nah, not for five. I'll, I'll add a new tier: the boss around Peter tier. Could, could, be a, could be a nice source of income. <laughs> $500 a month, Terry, and you can boss me around. Okay. That sounds good. <laughs> Just thinking about it. I'll, All right. I'll use the, ba- the bad credit card. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the one that gets declined all the time. All right. <laughs> well, any old, I mean, any old one would do. Just put him on his expired. You're fine. He'll get declined instantly. And then the, the, the fraud police will come to your door. Like, fraud police. The fraud police, yeah. They're going to be like, "Hey, you, Tim, you're fra- you you're fraudulent." Once again, I bound down to your knowledge of the law enforcement. Oh, it's second to none. Yeah. <laughs> they bust down the door and say, "Right, fraudy." <laughs> no. no. You're, you're no. getting the slammer. <laughs> you have the right to bring two Hellboy statues and no more. Hmm. Alright, well, prison might not be so bad. <laughs> I can stare I've at Hellboy all, all day. Prisons will, prisons will be fine. What are you talking yeah. about? Uh, well, as you know, um, they're trying to colonize Mars at the moment. And uh, I keep trying to think, like, alright, if I'm one of those people that, you know, gets called to Mars or whatever, like, if I could bring, like, ten, like only ten books with me... I don't oh, think it's. I, I think if we get to the point where we're actually going to have people on Mars, I don't think it's going to be conscription, Tim. We okay. get called upon to go. <laughs> I, I think people who are going have maybe volunteered or signed up or went well, through a fair bit of process before they get to go. Well, I. I, I, I it's not jury duty. You don't get a letter through the door. Oh, t- Tim, you have been selected <laughs> to live on Mars. You cannot turn this down. It is your duty as a citizen of citizen of Earth. Well, I kind of imagine that they're gonna want like the you know the best and the brightest, uh, you know the most shining examples of humanity. Uh, so Melissa's getting invited, Mars. and you're getting dragged along as a spouse, as the plus one. That's the plan. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I've been thinking a lot lately. Like if I had to pare everything down to like. I mean, I, I don't know what you're allowed to bring if you go to Mars, but I imagine you can bring at least like ten books and ten Tim, movies. There's not, no one has written these rules yet because there's never been anyone to go to Mars. 
no one's ever colonized like a planet before so there's no rules for this they'll, they'll make them up at some point later you know when they've actually got like maybe a hint that they'll actually pull it off in some way okay right we're, about early, we're in the early stages of the colonization process of mars yeah i tell you what uh final crisis is definitely going to be one of them um the dc comics event written by grant morrison yeah i feel like that's a good book like that can you know like I, I, that's when you can reread a lot there's it, it's very meaty you know hmm. uh that's a that's a good choice yeah uh i i would bring uh 10 omnibus because they're bigger <laughs> and i could have lots of omnibus i guess here's 1500 pages in that one all right there you go Who I, th- I would bring my tablet because i'm in the 21st century and all my library is on one device okay yeah because they're gonna have sockets on mars where you can plug it in <laughs> Of course they will. Tim, we're not going to colonize Mars and not bring electricity with us. Solar panels, come on. All right, well, with that out of the way, should we actually get to the the, the task at hand and talk about the movie? I, yes, I've been trying to bring us back to the movie for 10 minutes. Oh, screw you, Tim. No, you have not. I feel like I feel like yeah, I feel like it took us like fifteen minutes to start on Friday the Thirteenth last week, and then this week I feel like you're going, you're trying to break the record, and I'm like, no, Tom, I'm not having it. We're getting to five minutes of nonsense, and then we can get into the movie. Yeah, oh well. dear. Oh, this business we call show. Uh, <laughs> okay, that's a phrase. I didn't make that up. That's a thing. No, just you think this is show business. This is show business we're talking about. I, I, I am the the, the uh, I, I'm the showman, and you're the 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 gorilla that comes out and entertains the crowds because you're kind of like the, you know, so the the one that everyone loves that the one that people come to see and want to get autographs from and <laughs> get autographs from the gorilla yeah, yeah. sure I'm, I'm, I'm the i'm the conman the pt barman uh, barman and you're the 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 side show person coco the gorilla I don't know. <laughs> sure oh dear uh. Uh, Somehow, somehow we'll get onto the movie now, uh, which is Audition. That's what won. I don't know if I said that. I mentioned there was a vote. I don't know if I said that's what the winner was, but Audition yeah. won the vote. Audition, of course, a Japanese horror film from 1999, Takashi Miki, the director. Uh, in fact, me and Connor just did uh, one of his newest movie. Uh, well, I say newest. He's he's made 100 movies, so he's pumping them Jesus. out so quick that I don't know if Blade of the Immortal is the newest one, but it was a relatively <laughs> new one when we did it a few weeks ago. Yeah, uh, I've been meaning to see that. Uh, I heard uh, good things about it. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but of course, not a horror movie, so that's why it's not on this show. And addition is, and it was voted for by the the good friends of the show, our patrons, mm-hmm. uh, who decided to give us a break this month and give us a good movie. I'll be honest; it's been so long since that vote that I can't remember what it was up against. So I can't even say for sure if the, think, the options uh, were bad. But I think Houseu was one of them. Uh, which is always a fun one. Oh yeah, it was all. It was all. Uh, I think it was all Japanese movies. I think you're right. Yeah. I think that's what mm-hmm. it was. Uh, but edition one. So yeah. we're going to talk about that. So we'll start spoiler free as we typically do, and then we will give you warning now, and we'll go into spoilers. One, all right. One, one thing I, I do want to bring up: if someone hasn't seen it before and they're wondering if they should see it, I would honestly say 
shut this off right now and watch it first because I do think uh, you know people say this a lot and like it, it's kind of like uh, whatever but I do honestly think this is one of those movies where the less you know about it the better I'll be honest I think the I mean I, I kind of agree with that to a point mm-hmm. but I think the biggest thing that I would say you should avoid is knowing it's actually a horror movie but the fact that it's yeah, on the show yeah, yeah. means you already know that uh, true, because true. I feel like if you just stumbled onto this on TV one night and you thought it was like a, a romantic film about a guy mm-hmm. trying to find a new wife because he's been a widower for a few years, yeah. you'd be like, oh, this is a sweet little romance about him trying to find a wife. But, a few <laughs> questionable techniques, of, of course. But and then you know, but there's a turn at some point, you know. Uh, so I mean, you've already spoiled because I, I, I usually see the premise and then I, I say, hey Tim, did you like <laughs> the movie? And you've, yeah. you've ruined that. You've ruined the format of the show. We're done. We're never doing an episode again. Well, start auditions for a new co-host. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear. Anyway, so yeah, so the premise of the movie is we have this character, a widower. He's a producer as well. He works in movies and TV. And basically, his friend, when he, when after his son kind of suggests, maybe you should, you know, find a girl and you know, get married again. Uh, he mm. says this to his friend who works with him, and his friend says, "Hey." We'll set up a movie and we can have additions. And the movie, I mean, the movie might happen, it might not, but the real reason for it is for you to, you know, meet all these ladies and then maybe call one of them. And so, you know, obviously, this is morally in the grey side of things. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, he's basically going shopping. He, he even says at one point, as he's looking through all their, 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 uh, their, their resumes, uh, their, mm-hmm. their, their uh, that's not the word you use in movies. I've forgotten it now. Their portfolio? The headshots? I mean, a headshot's like... I mean, a headshot's a headshot, but... Oh, there's a specific word for it in film. and it's not You don't call it a resume. Yeah. Damn it. Damn it. I should know this. I did know this. Damn it. Anyway, so... Uh, so he does this and he, he picks one that he realised but I was going to say yeah he says actually as he's looking through them he says oh I, I'm, I'm like a kid at Christmas like, yeah. no, no, the line was I said, I'm buying my first car and I'm like yeah way to objectify them good, good, good well, job I, well I, I I do think there is a way to do the a nicer more like rom-com kind of version of this oh sure um, yeah I agree but, with that I always forget though when you watch this that they're super gross. <laughs> like in the auditions, like they're asking them questions about like sex and like <laughs> you know how they would feel about like you know like like stuff about like prostitution and nudity. And one of the girls even gets naked and it's like, oh yeah, like I, <laughs> yeah, it, it's not as innocent as it kind of sounds. Like no, no, they, they oh. are abusing. And this is very relevant, actually. It's, they're in yeah. the film industry, and they're abusing young actresses for their own gratification. Um, and seemingly, yeah. I mean, they flat out are. I mean, it's not necessarily a assault in the, the, the like in what we've seen recently with certain figures, <laughs> Weinstein. Uh, but the like, you know, you get this this sense of oh, we can get away with this because we we are producers. And yeah. like you know, they're asking all these really absurd questions, and there's one we don't, we don't get to see like how it leads to like one of them stripping. We just sort of see it in the montage that someone strips, mm-hmm. and it's like, did you ask her to do that? Why? Like, yeah. <laughs> like this was already kind of seedy enough, and then you're, uh, yeah, yeah, whole thing. Um, and on top of the fact too that they these all like they're pretty old dudes, and you know these all seem like a like pretty young yeah they're, uh, they're middle-aged he wants a young wife and you know yeah. the, the one he ends up kind of like courting is 24 
probably half his age or close to. Um, so, yeah, but of course there is a there's a there's a turn. It goes into horror. I can't really say what that is because I think it would spoil yeah. too much. So, for the spoiler free, let's just say that. But they begin a, a bit of a, a budding romance. She seems to respond to his advances, and he's very excited about this. And there you go. That's the premise of addition. Uh, so I, I'm curious. When was the first time that you saw this? Like early 2000s, I'm guessing. Yeah, I, I've only seen it the once before now. Uh, I saw. It oh, really? About yeah, probably about 15 years ago. <laughs> I don't know what this says about me, but I think I, I've seen it at least like four or five times. <laughs> I know is... just as recently as last year I, I watched it. Jesus, Tim. Is this, is this because you, this is your dream job? You want to be able to just like have like a no. audition day? All right. Let's, let's just get, get 30 ladies in here and I'll just, you know, I'll ask them questions. It's like a job I, interview. For, for me, when um, I, you know, this was one of those kind of like, I, I don't want to say legendary, but like it, it was a movie you know, in the early 2000s, like kind of like before, like the internet was super huge and stuff. It was one that I would just kind of hear people talking about, like, have you heard about this movie? Like it's super messed up. And it, you know, is one of those ones like, mm. Oh, like they won't show it in America. Like, you know, Oh, we got to find it. You got to import a copy or something. And it was just one of those kind of like, Ooh, like I've heard about this movie. And, uh, and so, yeah, I, I bought it. And then, you know, it was, you know, when I was younger then, and, you know, you'd watch a lot more movies with friends and stuff. This was kind of one of those movies where, you know, I watched it and then I was like, oh my God, like, you know, and then I call my friend and be like, come over, you got to watch this movie and stuff. So I, I, mm. I've seen it a bunch. Um, and, and yeah, it was, uh, it was weird, like the first time when I watched it again, because uh, it does start off, um, yeah, like so kind of innocent, like, um, like obviously it's gross what they're doing and stuff, but it does seem like, oh, this is just like a weird, like yeah, kind of romantic they're, comedy kind of thing. They're abusing their power. You, you could see it being a romantic comedy setup, but like, oh, we'll do this, but you can come and sit in the additions, and you can sort of yeah. use it to like, oh, like you know, flirt with looks a couple in your like or whatever. Like you can see yeah. kind of where they would do it with the rom com version. Uh, but they are abusing their power, and it's, mm-hmm. it, it is clear that it is kind of wrong because even like our main character, uh, Ioyama. He uh, he actually like says, "Oh, I feel like a criminal. I feel like we're doing something wrong here." And he you know, he mentions it and stuff. Um, and I think the smart thing is they make him kind of likable, though. Where you see that he's pretty good with his son, you see that he's pretty good with other people. He's not necessarily an awful person, but he is, you know, th- th- yeah, this is he, questionable. Yeah, cer- certainly the kind of like the grosser, more instigator guy seems to be his friend, uh, yeah. and he kind of seems to just kind of you know be going along with it. It doesn't even really feel like he wants to you know, find someone else at first it seems like more you know uh, on the like insistence of his like son and stuff that you know they're kind of like oh no like you should go out there and find someone dude it seems like he's still you know is getting over his dead wife even though it's been a you know, number of years yeah it's about a decade i think uh just just based on the, the kid and like yeah how much he's grown since the flashback at the start uh so that but, uh, yeah when once there obviously you know we already said it is a horror movie so at some point there is a flip and then once that happens it and, is kind of like holy shit and you know the funny thing is is the flip is just like one shot there's just this mm-hmm. one shot inserted at one point all i'll say is a scene with a phone ringing and all yeah. of a sudden it's like How, when did this get so intense what's happening <laughs> yeah and it's like okay there's something more going on here and then you know the, the movie progresses from there and uh 
and obviously a big part of this is that it's, it's kind of like you know like we have this female villain who and it's and you know that's why the movie works so well is that they are doing this awful thing where they're abusing their power to essentially pick from a like you know a bouquet of women like oh which one do i want to date and it's kind of comeuppance for that in a sense it is kind of this uh very sort of deeply ingrained feminine revenge story but of course she's also pretty messed up and like you know yeah <laughs> like the, the like the 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 punishment doesn't really quite like you know, balance out with the the crime per se. Oh, here. sure. Especially yeah. since again, he doesn't seem as bad as his friend. He doesn't seem as bad as a lot of other people. It feels kind of like, yeah. <laughs> like she takes it to the extreme. Certainly. So I mean, there is someone that definitely doesn't get what they deserve. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I had to think about it for a second, but yes. Yeah. So. No, but it's a movie that flips, uh, and it's uh, yeah, it's, it's funny it's actually. Un- I, unsettling, I guess, would be. It's very unsettling, but I, I watched. Yeah. I have the Blu-ray of this, right? And I, I bought the Blu-ray uh-huh. when it came out like five years ago, and I, I'd never watched the disc, right? Because I, I put it in, and I'm like, I don't recognize these menus. I don't recognize any of this. This is the first time I've ever had this on, and I played the movie. When you don't understand the concept of a menu. <laughs> This specific menu, I had I didn't okay, recognize. Okay. Therefore, I knew that I'd never watched the Blu-ray before. I okay. Not that I didn't understand how to how it functioned. <laughs> God damn it, Tim! So well, I don't know. <laughs> but when I played the movie, there was two introductions that played before it. He had one from the director, uh, Takashi, yeah. and he, you know, he's a eh, movie. Uh, the, the, I will say this: the <laughs> subtitle translation here was really, really bad because I don't think it was quite getting across the meaning of what they were saying. It was almost okay. like someone just like translated it word for word directly, so it just came out yeah. sounding weird in English. Because <laughs> obviously, yeah. different phrases have different meanings in different languages, and we phrase things in a different way and so on. Uh, and then the second one was with the actress uh, who plays Asami, the you know the, the, um. the lead. And she basically said, you know, I, I think this movie is more interesting because uh, it's a horror film uh, where, you know, the all the women can, like, root for the villain and, like, like the men can be terrified. And if, if you are a man, put yourself in the shoes of the man in this film and that, that <laughs> makes it more interesting. And that, that like, again, Ooh. the subtitles were really bad for this because it, yeah. it was like, that was probably phrased slightly differently. Um, oh, that's interesting. I, I like that, though. Yeah. But yeah, so it's a, it's a yeah, it's, it's a horror movie for uh, asshole men, which actually, funnily enough, feels very relevant right now. Like, hey, yeah. he he's even a producer in the movie business here. Take it. <laughs> have, have have Weinstein watched this in a loop, like in prison <laughs> for the rest yeah. of his life? That seems fitting. <laughs> but hey, so yeah, that's uh, that's that's the gist of the movie. And honestly, I think we can talk about a whole lot more without spoilers. So yeah. Uh, I'll say I like it, of course. Uh, I think uh, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a very slow build, of course, because it starts off like a very different film, and then it kind of brings the creepy stuff in. Um, mm. And I, I think part of the point, though, is that we're saying that well, he's, he is going along with this plan that is really kind of sexist and objectifying. Mm. He is otherwise relatively likable, and you get mm. the kind of point is that a lot of the, the small little sort of like sort of. Uh, institutionalized sexism is very subtle and stuff where he doesn't necessarily come off as a villain for any of the other little things but you kind of notice all these little moments where 
okay, yeah, that's racking up. Like all these little things that yeah. you know, the way he treats his uh, his assistant is is you know is mm-hmm. you know, we'll find out more about that later on. Okay, that that's you know kind of fitting into that category. Um, you know the, the way he's like, oh, I want this, this, and this. You know, because when his friend asks him, okay, so what sort of girl are you looking for? He's like, oh, I want her to have a skill that she can play the piano or dance, and I don't want her to be this or that, but I do want her to be this, and I don't want her to be too young, but I don't want her to be too old either. Like he's really specific, and then mm-hmm. they, they basically go shopping for a girl. It's like really again, <laughs> really objectifying, but that's kind of the point because that's kind of what the the the, the semi revenge element of the movie is. Is that yeah. she, she's basically out to get anyone who's objectifying women? Is this kind of the thing, and uh, in, in her own really weird messed up way? It's not like she has that mission statement. It's just kind of like that's what's kind of what she's doing based on her like her backstory and her her weird like just the way her mind works. But yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. so that's very good, very very intense, uh, mm-hmm. and it does make you think because you sort of stop and think what a couple of things mean, and you think about you know, you know what exactly really happened towards the end and some stuff like that so yeah yeah any spoiler free final thoughts tim before we break open the uh the wall <laughs> uh no I, I think we just need to get into the spoilers cool full spoilers <laughs> then audition from this point on so right so he he calls her uh, and there's some nice little touches where he's guilty because when he's looking at all the the, the resumes, like he turns our he's his dead wife's photo away. He's like, I can't look, I can't have her yeah. looking at me. <laughs> I'm gonna turn that away. <laughs> there's little, little things like that were really good. <laughs> but he, he calls her and they, they end up meeting up and like she's like, oh, I want to see you again. It seems like a nice again. It's kind of romantic comedy. It feels like a, a sweet first date. She's yeah. a little bit quiet. She's a little bit awkward, but and she seems like kind of like surprised. Like yeah, oh, like I I didn't think that. Like, you know, you were going to, like, call me or that you're interested in me. And she comes across as very timid as well, which I, I guess is, like, part of the, the whole, um, like, the, the flip kind of thing. Where, you know, like, mm-hmm. kind of like one of the things I, I love about Under the Skin is that uh, Scarlett Johansson in that movie kind of lures men into a van because, like, <laughs> no, no no one, like, no, no, like, if any woman said, oh, yeah, I get into a white van mm-hmm. with a strange man who said he'd give me a lift home, like... Mm-hmm. Everyone would be saying, "Were you asking to be murdered?" Like, you know, that would be yeah. the response. But it kind of like preys upon the, the 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 whole idea that, oh no, men feel invincible. Like, what can a woman do to me? Yeah, 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 yeah. And that yeah. that movie kind of plays with that, and it's like, no. So like, and this kind of does that in a weird way, where it's like she's very timid. So oh, like, yeah. and he feels invincible. Like, oh, like you know, if anything comes up, I'll handle it. Because because he, his friend's very like, you know, like her backstory's not quite checking out. There might be something weird about her. And mm. he's like, no, nah, if anything arises, he's like, well, you know, what's going to happen? Like, I, I can take care of myself. It's fine. Yeah. Like, you know, he breaks it off. Man, Under the Skin, I really like that movie, but what a bummer. <laughs> What's a bummer? Under the Skin. Oh, yeah, it's a great movie. <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's depressing. Oh, it's really depressing. It, it's basically <laughs> about how awful we are as a species. That's that's what that movie's about. <laughs> Some of us. You. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> so... So yeah, so they have, they have a date, and they have another. They, but between the dates, because his friends like made him promise not to call her until he digs into her past a bit more. But he can't help it; he really wants to. So you see him staring at the phone, and this is where because we're maybe like forty-five, fifty minutes in at this point, right? Yeah. And this is where it cuts to her at her place, and there's a really ominous like sack, <laughs> just big enough for a human body to be in it, right? Just like behind her, and she's just sort of sitting there with her hair down, like you know, all, yeah. all almost you know, grudge ring esque with her hair mm-hmm. down, and 
she's just waiting. It's very ominous. And again, it goes back to him. He, he's avoiding that again for a while. Um, and what's interesting, actually, is the moment that he actually decides to call her is after the second scene with his assistant. Because there's a scene earlier on, like, when we first see him at work, he has this, this female assistant who comes up to him. Uh, and like she's like, okay, so this, this, and this for the day, moving this meeting around tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. And they're leaving for the end of the end of the day, and she's like, "Oh, sir," and he's like, "Oh, is there something you want to tell me?" And she she comes out and says, "Oh, I'm getting married, by the way, uh, to someone you don't know." And he's like, "Oh, congratulations." And it's very awkward. It's, it's very very awkward, and it's kind of like, "Okay, it's like," and I, because it's been a long time since I've seen it, I was I couldn't really remember where this was going with this character, and I was like, "All right, so the plane that she has a crush in him is that what this is?" And he's he's ignoring like because I think I think part of the his like again his faults as a character his faults as a person is that there's this real person who is closer to his age that is interested in him but yet he wants to like ignore her and chase the dream of the perfect 24 year old woman who has all the skills that he wants <laughs> like just this yeah. idealistic like you know, this is unattainable what are you doing you silly old man mm-hmm. um, unobtainium unobtainium yes <laughs> from from the classic uh basically basically uh A, a modernized ver- version of a of a stone tablet that will be looked upon in the future to like distinguish who we are who we were as a civilization. That film that is Avatar. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, no, yeah, you no, went no, there. I made it weirder. <laughs> I'll do that, Tim. Don't you worry. Uh, so. But so you know, so we had that scene earlier on, and then this scene here just before he does this because he, he he's been avoiding it. He keeps looking at the phone, but he keeps not doing it. And he's at work, and his, his assistant comes in, and she's like, "Oh, that's me going for a day." And he's like, "Okay, bye." And she keeps standing there, and he's like, "Oh, is there something else you want to tell me?" And she's like, uh, "No." And she she says something else. She kind of makes an excuse as to why she's still standing there, and then she leaves. And again, it's like this awkward kind of, "Oh, she's interested in him. There's something here." And that's you know, he gets up to leave, and he stops and goes back and goes to the phone, and it's kind of like this moment where, like, being presented with the again this more realistic option, it's made him like long for the 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 fantasy again. So he's like run mm-hmm. back to the phone, and honestly, maybe my favorite moment in the entire film is when it mm-hmm. cuts back to her place and the phone rings, and there's this mm-hmm. shot of her like she's dug her head down, her hair's all down. And the camera's just low looking up at her. You can just it's, the hair's covering a lot of her face, but you can make out her mouth, and she just smiles slowly as the phone's ringing. <laughs> I loved it. It's, it's like that's the moment where it's like he is screwed. I don't know what she's going to do to him, but he is screwed. She is going to brutalize him in some way. Mm-hmm. It's a fantastic moment. That is the moment where you realize, and because the, the other time you sit, so see her place, and you just see the static shot of her like there. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that, that was really tense and creepy. But this this smile, it was like, no, no, no. She has got evil intentions. Whatever's going to happen. Uh, it, it, so it's like, yeah, like all the like all the stuff before it, like, I mean, obviously there's no need to have, you know, much like of a, you know, a director's flair for, you know, all this kind of simple, you know, mundane, normal stuff. Um but it, but it's very forgettable. But then once it gets into this creepy stuff, mm. like you know, j- not even just like in terms of to- tones of the movie, but like the way it looks is like it's like oh, like this is so much more ominous, and you know, get, it really gives you like oh, like 
I, I you know I can see where you know the talent is coming from it in this director like where you know they can I think it's like, very set up these shots and stuff just make it look so creepy and foreboding. I think it's very intentional that the first half of the movie before the creepy stuff starts it is very like long static shots and then mm-hmm. as you get to the second half it becomes more quick and frantic. It, you know it's, it's yeah. like it is ramping up. It does that quite intentionally. I think it also I like plays with the, the... Mm-hmm. I was going to say it also plays with the color you'll notice there's a lot of like really sort of like blue tinted stuff earlier on when he's like first talking to her and then as he's like getting more excited it becomes more warm there's more like warm oranges and browns and kind of like yeah. okay so it's, it's more homely now because he's excited uh, and it's like nah that's not warmth that's danger <laughs> like red means danger dumbass <laughs> um, but yeah Oh, I thought you had something, Tim, because you, because uh, well, yeah, I mean, just you know, skipping ahead a little bit, but just uh, kind of like you were saying, yeah, like I do like when it gets to the point when they're having these really like kind of quick, like cuts to, you know, um, like very, you know, like gross, disturbing things, you know, like when mm-hmm. they're showing like disembodied parts and and stuff, and um, and yeah, like you said, like you know, it's a, it's a lot more like you know, frantic and unsettling. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the big thing that happens though is after they have like a second date, there's like a third date that's just like a weekend away or whatever, and he's going to propose to her very quick, might I add. Uh, but they're at the hotel and he's like, oh, so we'll do this. We'll go to the pier. We'll, we'll go to this great little coffee shop I know around here, and we'll do all these things. And she just like is really quiet. She turns off the light, strips, and gets into bed. And it's all very. And she shows like these scars on her on her leg. Which mm-hmm. is implied that this is like the the like our hip problem that she got when she was you know in ballet years before because that was like her backstory that she said she had, and mm-hmm. he gets into bed. And it does this weird cut where it's like okay, we don't see any sex, we just see him wake up next, and he's on her own. So the next chunk of the film is actually him looking for her, like mm-hmm. because he can't find her. He, he doesn't know where she lives. She's kind of like kept that secret. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know how to contact her. She's not answering the phone, and it's like okay. So he goes up. He goes. It turns almost into a detective movie for a little bit with him trying to like yeah. track her down, and going to like the bar. She said it. She worked because uh, we hear early on that she that she had this agent from a music company, like this music record label. But then we find out the guy she said was her agent was already dead and had been missing or had been missing for a year and a half. And then the boss she said she had at this bar when he goes to it, it turns out no, he got, he got killed. He was chopped into pieces mm-hmm. uh, yeah. by someone crazy. Apparently. He, or, or sorry, she was chopped away to pieces, and apparently she was uh, having an affair with this this guy in the, the record company. And I'm like, oh wait a minute, yeah. uh, I'm like, so did she, did did, did a Sammy get jealous? Was she like you know into this record label guy, and then found out about this affair, and like that's like what set her off in that time. She went nuts. Because mm-hmm. um, our big thing, like before they they they, they may have had sex in bed, because we don't know if they did or not. Really, it's kind of left. Mm-hmm ambiguous um but they probably did they probably did yeah. but uh is that she's like oh will you love only me mm-hmm. you know no one else just me so you, you kind of get that she's got a thing she's got this concern that you know men sleep around they, they don't stick stay faithful that's like one of her concerns uh that said though it kind of turns out later on that she even means like anyone like like uh, you know yeah. him him loving his son to her is a betrayal no no you love only me <laughs> no one else <laughs> can't love anyone else <laughs> even in a non-romantic setting or you know form no one else uh, yeah. but so because this thing where he, he's trying to track her down and he's trying to find her and he, he doesn't he, he never quite gets there he does get to uh, this creepy dude though at the uh, in the in the sort of the dance hall that he goes to and this guy's mm-hmm. playing piano and 
we see that he's had like his his shins like cut into, uh, mm-hmm. and he's got these big stitches, and we get this weird flashback where he seemingly like assaulted Asami when she was younger. He was like the uh, her ballet teacher, uh, and he he was like he was like burning her thighs like those scars on her thighs are not from like an operation that's like him mm-hmm. burning her flesh with a an iron yeah the these scenes of him just like slowly crawling towards her on the floor holding the pokers out are so uh, like you know like there, there's stuff in in the movie that you know i think is like creepy and scary and, and then there's stuff and like not this to mention just... you say that he's got crawling towards on the floor we should also mention that the way she's sitting, she's got her legs open yeah. because because I think the sexual imagery here is kind of the big thing. It's like she mm-hmm. she's being taken advantage of, even if it's not sexual in this sense. It's like you know the idea of okay, like a man's exploiting her by opening her legs and doing something that he wants to do. Yeah. I get you know like the the those imagery to like sort of play up those themes here. Yeah, and the. Uh... And the movie does like a, a lot of stuff. I, I feel like where yeah, there's like the creepy stuff with like the sack on the floor, but then there's also stuff like this that is just like all right, you know, it, it it's not like that kind of horror movie scary where you know a ghost is attacking someone or something, but it's like it's almost like a, a real world like disturbing that's like oh yeah, there's almost there's kind of a comment here because she's in ballet and then she's in. She's obviously the whole plot of the movie is the audition for for the the, the fake audition, which is you know for him to find a girlfriend. But right. I, I think the whole part of the commentary is the idea that at least some some sometimes uh, sometimes in certain cultures it's it's kind of like women do have to audition in a weird way for the men mm. for to be like their partners, yeah. and it's kind of like sort of taking that and making it, and that's why he's in the movie industry because it, it's not just because it works with the plot, but it's also kind of a thematic thing because in the movie industry in in the ballet you know you'd, you'd have to audition to get onto like a, a show yeah. you know any of these things require auditions and it's the idea that yeah. the woman has to prove herself worthy of the man mm. and it's kind of like taking that and saying hey. That's bullshit, and yeah. you know, turning that in his head and turn it into this vengeance story. So, can also like, yeah, I feel like you could also maybe uh, see some similarities to, you know, kind of making a point about like, you know, even young kids being taken a, a advantage of by like the entertainment industry. Like, oh, sure, you know, yeah. like obviously he's not a big producer, but you know, like, you know, he you know is trying to teach like this kid like to you know perform and stuff and you like in, in a way kind of yeah just like messing her up and uh yeah it's uh whew, it's not fun no it's not it's, <laughs> not, it's, it's not super fun to watch <laughs> it's uncomfortable but you feel that the entire time you feel the uncomfort um yeah. and you and feel that, like she is the way she is because she was exploited as a child in multiple ways and it, it also kind of makes you feel like uh, some of the people she's taking revenge on as you know like an older yeah some of it is kind of like i mean yeah maybe they don't deserve it that much but then you do also kind of like well i do want to see her get revenge on some people like you definitely want to see this guy you yeah. know get what's coming to him yeah and it seems like she's kept him alive although as question i mean you you can question well, we'll get to. I need to go further on the plot. So basically, yeah. eventually, she uh, like we see like a POV shot in his house, and it's it's like someone's drugging the his like his whiskey or whatever it is he's got in the, the bottle, and because well, I think we might skip. Do we skip over the scene where she comes in, into his house before anyone's home? That's what I just said. The POV shot. Yeah. 
Oh, oh, okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, that's the POV shot, yeah. but And so we're, we assume it's her, obviously. Uh, mm-hmm. And she's looking around, and then he comes home, his son's away over somewhere else, uh, to, you know, his friend's house or whatever, and he takes a drink and he gets knocked out. And this is really sort of the, the big sort of final 20 minutes of the movie kind of, like, happen, mm-hmm. happen, right? Yeah. He's down on the floor, He's he's, you know, he's been paralysed, he's, he's awake and he's aware, and she's like... You know, there's a great thing here where he, when he first sees her, she's like, she's like through the crack of the door, and she's got like her, her apron on and her gloves on, and it's the the, the the shot they use for most of the covers now in the DVDs and Blu-rays is her holding the syringe, uh, looking down at him. Uh, that's like the big thing that they, they always use now that's for the image. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, that's not that one. That's the uh, that's the the wire. You're right. <laughs> Main. Main is the is the syringe. Oh yeah, all right. I've seen that one too. Yeah. Uh, so, but he has the gloves and the apron on. Yeah. So, like, and this is obviously this is where it gets really uncomfortable, just from like a physical, like watching what's happening sense, because mm-hmm. we we see like as he's knocked out, like he has like these like almost dream sequences, and people debate mm-hmm. actually as to how much of a dream sequence these are. Or because yeah. you, you see like scenes we had earlier on where they're talking to each other, but instead of playing out the way mm-hmm. they did, she actually tells him a lot of honest things about her backstory, about mm-hmm. being abused, about all these things. We see her kill the like the the the, the, the guy you know with the shins, the piano player. We see mm-hmm. her like use a wire to like actually like mm-hmm. cut off his head, and it's, you know the sound effects are like crunching, and we we see his neck like being sucked in with the wire before it's actually starting to like properly break him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like really, really like violent, and we see like he has this nightmare sequence where he, like, he's on a date with her, but then his dead wife and like is at the table next to him along with his assistant and his son's mm-hmm. girlfriend. Which yeah. is what uh, one of the things it then gets to is that we have this kind of like sequence where uh, the the assistant is with them, and we kind of this is where it reveals mm-hmm. to us in his dream where she's like, "Hey, I." Uh, like, you know, we had sex that one time and then you've just ignored mm-hmm. me since. And he's like, I didn't realise that was, like, a big thing. Like, oh, sorry, I'm sorry that, that that's, like, affected yeah. you so much. And then it turns into his son's girlfriend. And, well, like, is up until mm-hmm. this point, like, there's been no hint that, really, that he's, like, had any inappropriate thoughts about her. But you, you get kind of what's happening here is, like, everyone mm-hmm. he's had some sort of thought about in some way, uh, even if it was subconscious, even if he, like, wasn't actively thinking about this teenage girl, yeah. like... It's in there because he like it, you know, the idea that all of the the ills of like all all the bad thoughts that lots mm-hmm. of men have like, are all happening like and he's 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 almost getting like a kind of like a purgatory thing where like, all of his mm-hmm. sins are like you know coming before his eyes but they're all of this particular subject mm-hmm. and you know the, the teenage girl like starts to unbuckle him and she's like oh like you know oh look you, like mm-hmm. how uncomfortable do you feel when she says he's got a hard on. Oh, super! <laughs> that is like so uncomfortable, uh, and he's like, "No, don't do it," you know, because you know he's, he's thinking like a reasonable person. Like, no, I'm not. No, like the teenage girl. Like even if yeah. my mind might have floated at one point, but no, like mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's trying to stop. And then we get, of course, the big visual thing that I think most people remember is the uh, is the body of presumably the, the record label dude who's been missing, mm-hmm. uh, getting out of the sack. And as we found out from the crime scene from the the the, the bar. That had all the body was cut up, but the police found three extra fingers and a tongue. Uh, <laughs> this guy has no tongue; it's been cut out. He's missing fingers. He's missing feet. So he's yeah. just kind of crawling, and Asami feeds him something, but she vomits in it first. She, like he basically has like a dog bowl yeah. that she throws up in, yep. and then that's like his <laughs> dinner. 
and this is where it's kind of weird. It's like, well, how could he be having a dream about this? Is this like mixed with sort of something that's actually happening? Is she tell, telling him this as he's like unconscious? Like, what's it? It kind of. Uh, I mean, because we've seen in the movie that she does have this sack in her apartment, like, yeah. which, like, I don't think we've really we're given any reason to believe that that's you know not real. So, no, because uh, some people do like to argue that he actually starts his dream uh, at the sex scene, mm-hmm. and everything after that is actually questionable okay. if it's real. But even that's after the this, this, the first time we see the sack. Okay, yeah, that's after that. So, so I, I guess the way I always kind of took it is like, I, I mean, so we already know that there's a sack and that you know is in our apartment that she sits weirdly like in front of so i don't know it, it kind of feels like this stuff is real but i mean obviously um he's dreaming about it now i don't uh but i, I don't know it, it feels like this is this actually takes place uh but he is somehow dreaming about it as well yeah <laughs> it's kind of abstract it's kind of intentionally abstract yeah but uh but he wakes up but he's lying there paralyzed and she like you know she she puts needles into his stomach and then one of the things that i'd forgotten she did here actually because i remembered obviously this scene is the one that everyone remembers no matter how long it's been but i'd forgotten that she puts the needles in his stomach and then slides up his stomach sort of pushing them all in further and then <sighs> before she puts some in some in his eyes which again really oh god no uh but of course before she uh, gets out her wire and she's like oh this is going to you know like cut through your flesh and bone no problem and she starts you know yeah. And she has to like, sort of like school at this because she wraps it around his foot and she starts going like this to like you know slice yeah. through it until it pops off. And and the whole thing is like as, as she's doing it, she's like smiling. She's very gleeful yeah. uh, when she's sticking the deep needles in. She's going like deeper, deeper, like you know, like in a very like almost like a like a like seems like the way like a child would be playing, you know, like yeah and. It's, Obviously, because I mean, obviously she's already crossed the line. Because I mean, the, the guy she killed the dog. So that's, well, she, yeah, well, she that's killed the, the first dog. Line she crosses. That's the first line she crosses. She's already crossed the line <laughs> with this revenge, though. Because yeah. as, as much as yeah, the, 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 the guys had some you know objectifying thoughts. He went along mm-hmm. with this addition thing. He doesn't quite deserve this. But mm-hmm. where she officially definitely crosses the line is when she starts threatening his son. When she's like, oh, yeah. you know, uh, like, you know, you love your son as well. You know, I'll, mm-hmm. maybe I'll have to teach him a lesson or something, you know, whatever she says. And when the son gets in, of course, it gets very tense because she's hiding and like he's looking mm-hmm. and he sees his dad and then like, it becomes a bit of a chase. And, mm-hmm. you know, eventually she gets kicked down the stairs and that like mm-hmm. sort of like kills her. And that you know he at least to like phone the police and, and whatnot. Obviously, we should mention uh, during this just before she like, attacks the son, there's actually a cut, and it does like, this fake out where it makes you think that he's been dreaming all this uh, oh, yeah, from yeah. when he had sex with her. Like he wakes up in that bed in the hotel and she's still there. Mm-hmm. Like him waking up and her not being there. Like this was all his fears of like you know getting together with someone again. Um, but then it's sort of double bluff shoot, and then he wakes up. This was a dream. This was him fantasizing in this moment that this was all a dream, and you know everything's okay. But it's not. Uh, so, sure enough, the, the kid ends up kind of killing her, uh, you know, accidentally. Um, and, you know, and that's, that's, you know, and he calls the police and that's that's kind of the thing. That's the movie. But, hmm. so, but it's, it's, it's super dark and it, I, I kind of, I, I think, obviously, it's like, it's an interesting villain because... Obviously, she's, she's very surreal and she's very like, because she, she seems to just sit around waiting until the thing she wants to do, which is, you know, hunt this yeah. guy. Uh, she's, she's the hunter and she's going after her prey. Um, I have questions like, 
like before like was it always a case of hunting them like, like from from the first time she accepted the mm-hmm. phone call or was it oh a couple of dates oh he's like every other man he's also he cares about other people so therefore i'm going to do this and i i think my interpretation was that yeah she genuinely did like him but mm. um as, as soon as you know she realizes like oh you're not a hundred percent about me. There are other people in your life that you love as well. You're just like every other man, which means you know it's time for you to go. Yeah, I, I think the movie's about his unhealthy, like wanting the idealistic thing and ignoring what's right in front of him with the assistant who clearly cares for him, uh, no. and you know this objectifying, wanting the young, pretty, you know, like being really specific about what he wants and yeah, and then because I yeah, like everyone's warning him, like oh, like. Yeah, this seems really weird. Like none of her, you know, resume, uh, you know, are checking out. Like you should probably leave this alone. But kind of like you said, you know, still being insistent and smitten with the kind of like, yeah. oh yeah, the the perfect girl, the young, uh, and I think maybe even like in a way like, you know, that some people are kind of like, um, like oh this damaged person, I need to fix them. Like almost like. Mm. You know, I feel like there's a little bit of a, a sense of, of then, about him like that, like oh, I have to be the big protector man. I think the other side of it as well is that the idea that she is the way she is because she was created by this happening to her. She was created oh, yeah, yeah. by obviously a much more extreme example, and that's why she's yeah. an extreme example of like a revenge side of it. But yeah. like, it was someone exploiting her and objectifying her to the, to the extreme, to the almost extreme as you could go, that made her. And that's why she's a product of this world. So as much as she goes too far and like our, our main character doesn't necessarily deserve exactly what happens to him, it's like, no, no, she was created by this culture. And mm-hmm. you, I mean, not him personally, but everyone as a whole is to blame for this kind of thing happening in, in a way, thematically. I mean, not, you know, not, not literally every man's to fault for this one crazy asshole who was, you know, burning her and making her yeah. dance for his amusement and whatever else. But, yeah. uh, so it's it's oddly timely. I I didn't realize when this won the vote that I'd be like, oh, this is actually really timely with everything that's going on with me too yeah. and the industry and all the stuff that's happening right now. Um, but it actually is very relevant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was actually uh, kind of surprised because at first I was thinking like, um, like oh, this doesn't really hold up because just the idea of like people holding auditions for a wife now seems like really outdated but then when i watch i was like oh wait no if anything this is more relevant because of those like fact, ideas and stuff joe it's funny because i said i didn't realize how relevant this was going to be mm-hmm. is because it had been a long time since i'd seen it i actually kind of forgot that there was a pretense that it was for a movie i kind of just remembered in my head mm-hmm. oh no it was just additions for his girlfriend like that's what yeah. they were auditioning for in my head, that's what I remembered, and I thought it was like kind of really quirky because of that. But then yeah. watching, it, I'm like, no, no, this is they're, they're clearly saying they're tricking these women into doing this. This is mm-hmm. wrong, and this is like you know the fault of the character, and we're going to explore that, and that's going to be part of you know why he maybe deserves some comeuppance, but maybe not to the extent that he gets. Yeah, <laughs> uh, clearly. So mm-hmm. you know, uh, and you know, so it's it's actually you know it's got some deep elements to it, and I think that's what's mm-hmm. you know. Again, monster as metaphor. The whole the whole thing is examining a part of our culture. It's examining the objectification of women and kind of the the damage that that can do. And in this case, the damage comes back to bite collective men in the ass. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what the movie's about. It's also really creepy. It's really well directed. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I say, that that moment where she smiles when the phone starts ringing, I'm yeah. like, yes, that's so creepy. I love it. Did- 
just out of curiosity, does Blade of the Immortal have any like really like um like really like uh, scenes that just make you like like oh like uh, uh, it's very gory, but I would say it's more fun like okay you know because slashing I, arms off and shit gore not yeah. like oh I, this is disgusting. <laughs> I, I love Takashi Miike, but uh, I feel like every movie I watch of his, there's always at least some point where I'm like, Ugh. like I, I think like pretty soon after this, I was like, oh man, now I got to watch Ichi the Killer, and uh, yeah, <laughs> well, like, uh, there were scenes in that that was like, Ugh. I think he had a phase, mm-hmm. late nineties, early two thousands, where he was like that with every movie, whereas now I feel like he's doing a variety of different things that are completely, you know. Keep in mind, so. like you said, he has directed like a hundred movies. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think all hundred of them fall into what you just said somehow. <laughs> so, you know, uh, it's, it's a lot I'm, of movies. It's a lot of movies. I'm kind of surprised. and I mean, not that I want this because I'm sure it would be awful, but I'm kind of surprised they never tried to remake it uh, for America because I feel like this was around uh, that same kind of oh, it was, yeah, that, Japanese that, horror boom. This, this was a year after The Ring and then like what, a year, two years before The Grudge. You know, it was, you know, yeah. it was right in that, that era. Um, in fact, I remember when I was buying the DVDs of all of them, they were, they were all under the same label when I bought them. They were all under the, the Asia Extreme like. Oh, right, label. right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was definitely part of that era. But uh, yeah. I, I guess they just thought, oh, no, we're not touching this. This is too too risky okay. for, for yeah. mainstream American cinema. I think that was probably the, the thought well, process. Um, like you said, though, maybe now now is the time. <laughs> it's super. Well, I don't really want them to, though. <laughs> like, it's fine on it, so it doesn't need to... It doesn't yeah. need to be. I think if you want to critique it, though, you can critique the pacing. It's it's it's, it's just under two hours long. You maybe could have like maybe you know just just you know briskened brisk, brisk, briskened it up a little bit. If that's that's not even a word, is it? Made yeah, it briskier. It... <laughs> Made it a bit more brisk in the the opening yeah. half, maybe to just sort of get 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 it, get the ball rolling a little bit. But yeah, like if I have um one complaint you know it's it's minor but like it's um you know re-watching it once you know what's gonna happen um it it is a little bit like the first time you're watching it it's like okay like where's this going i, I heard something weird's gonna happen but you know nothing's happening so far and then you're kind of waiting and then it happens and then you're hooked and then watching it knowing it it's a little bit more like Okay, like you know, this isn't badly done, I think, but I, I am waiting for the thing. I think if you're there just for the surface level horror movie of it, mm-hmm. I think you'd feel that way. I think if sure. going go into it this time, and I was like sort of looking at the themes, and I was looking at actually what it was doing with objectification and sexism, and you know, just just the idea that women only exist to be the ideal versions that men would want. Like that, that's kind of what the movie's tackling, right? Looking at it from that perspective and actually paying attention to all the things he's doing and saying and the way he's treating all the people in his life around him, you know, even his housekeeper that he ha- you know, he's got like a housekeeper that he pays, yeah. and you know, at one point she's like, oh, a man would be nothing without a woman, and he does like just like, analyzing all those little things. There's actually a lot of really good thematic things in that first half. It just you know it goes on a little bit for a while before it gets to the creepy stuff, mm-hmm. and maybe you could uh, cut that down a little bit, but. And how how did your Blu-ray look? Because I, I I'm watching this on like an old DVD mm. copy that I have, and the video quality is not the best. It's um, yeah, it, it it looks better than the DVD. I remember the DVD looking really crummy. Yeah. If I, I remember a lot of those Asian movies from that time period looking really bad in DVD, there was like a kind of yeah. really weird thing where they just didn't transfer very well. Uh, I, I, if I had to guess, they're probably just like you know 
people don't care about qual like they they just know that they want these movies so let's just kind of get them as fast as we can Um, it was definitely better than the dvds it was definitely you could tell it was a a rougher looking movie typically Mm -hmm. than that but uh, I certainly didn't have much of a problem with it, but, but again, you know, yeah, you're, you're, you're jumping from the SD version to uh, <laughs> 1080p, but uh, yeah. but no. So uh, that that is audition, um, mm-hmm. and little did he know that he was auditioning for her to be her next victim. Okay, <laughs> that was poetry <laughs> in motion, and you know what. Uh, so Tim, I guess we need to rate the movie though. So what would you rate audition? 8.5 really good like it i actually i like that rating a lot i, th- I think 8.5 <laughs> i think it's just not quite amazing enough to get the nine but yeah. it's really really great i i could see myself like maybe back in like 2000 2001 whenever i i first watched this maybe i was a little more excitable i might have been like oh yeah this this is like a nine or something but yeah you know what watching it again um it, it's really really good there's what well, i will great say games. What I will say about it, though, just to say it's of that era, it's like the only Japanese horror movie of that era that I know of that isn't a ghost with long hair. So I'm going to yeah, give it true. bonus points just for being different <laughs> to the rest of them as well. But I, I mean, I, you know, we rewatch a lot of this stuff. Uh, again, I really, um, you know, uh, there's no uh, bones or surprise about it, whatever, uh, that, I, that I love. Uh, Juon, you know, that's a favorite of mine. But a lot of those other you know uh japanese horror movies from that time uh that we rewatched some of them i feel like didn't hold up that well and i, I think this is definitely one that holds up and like you said if anything maybe even more relevant to yeah, that yeah uh, super relevant because it has a lot more going on there's a lot, there's a lot of themes and it's, it's actually analyzing a topic a bit more as opposed to just being here this is creepy right <laughs> which can be good if it's well made but like you know that, that seems to have more meat in the bone so uh, but that is addition, so by all means, let us know what you think of addition in the comments below. Like and subscribe and all that stuff. Get us on the Twitters at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. If you want to support the channel, over at patreon.com slash TV. you can do that over there. Uh, there is a link in the description, but otherwise, that is us. So keep watching scary movies. We'll hopefully have an episode next week. Uh, is, is it looking lately, Tim? I don't know if we talked about that yet. Mm, I, think, I think it's likely. I think it's likely. Cool. Mm. So that skipped a week. We're doing quite well for this being the, the slim. Mm-hmm slim period but there we go so that is addition so thank you once again keep watching scary movies guys and we'll see you next time